Not bitter, just better. The all-new Everton podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven, here as always with Mark Mach. Hello, I'm here again, and uh, we're not too sure whether this episode was going to make an appearance today, were we? No, this episode might possibly be uh, suffering from muscle fatigue. Yeah, so if we both sound very tired today, it's because it's episode 32, and it is the Alcaraz episode. Alcaraz, yeah, so a few months ago we might have said that this, uh, this episode didn't exist because there was some debate of whether Alcaraz existed, because we didn't see him for three months, and now he's gone missing again, hasn't he? I thought he was fit again. I thought he was fit again. Was he ever fit? I don't know. Uh, anyway, yeah, so uh, a little bit brighter, I suppose, than last week, wasn't it? So start off, as always, as we looking back on last weekend's game, which was the visit of West Ham. We are going to be bright, but I'm also absolutely shit myself for the weekend, so... It's yeah. going to be a mixture of being happy with the last result and also being very nervous about the weekend. Yeah, it's a bit of a big one this weekend, isn't it? Which we'll get to a little bit later on, but uh, it's kind of looming over us. Uh, yeah, everyone's a little... I think everyone's a little bit squeaky bum-ish. Big time. Definitely big time. But as you say, um, going back to last weekend, uh, back at Goodison Saturday... And uh, we were playing the mighty West Ham. Who the mighty West Ham. Who weren't so mighty, really, really? No, they really weren't. Uh, it, it could have been very different, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. But uh, the teams came out. And Not a debate on the day whether we go with uh, Lukaku back from the start or whether Naismith had start. Um, and it was, they went with Naismith up top. Naismith started. Yeah, Naismith started. And as did uh, Delafeu. Delafeu on the right, uh, Osman, Dan, Pienaar, and then the usual everybody else as, as they usually line up, apart from obviously Jagielk is out at the moment. So uh, John Stones came in and deputised at uh, centre half. Yeah, so looked all right. You know, uh, people were calling for Delafeu to come in. I think they were calling for him to come in as well as Morales, and he came in instead of Morales. Uh, and Barkley, obviously, uh, we talked about him last week. You know, it probably wasn't a good di- idea to play him this week. Um, so we looked all right. The uh, bench was a decent seven-a-side team as well, wasn't it? Yeah, well... With the one the one little surprise call for, um, for Browning. He's been, obviously been out on loan at Wigan this season. Uh, and has done enough to impress him. Been a little push for their first team. Thoughts? Yeah, I was... Uh, I was a little bit unsure on Browning. I mean, I, I thought he started... I thought he, he was a right-back. Well, apparently he's a centre back. Yeah, I think you've got that from Championship Manager, didn't you? Yeah, he was a right back on Championship Manager. So I, I remember, you know, me early days as, as Everton manager, I used to always put him on the bench just to give him a give him a, a little bit of a taste myself. And then Roberto obviously emulated my managerial style and uh, put him on there. Right. Okay. Is that, is that what you're going for? Is it? Yeah. Well, why not? <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, but the bench obviously looked quite strong with uh, Lukaku, Morales, Barkley. Uh, McGeady all on the bench, uh, and then obviously Hibbo and Joe Rogers as well. Yeah. So, anyway, the uh, the match is underway, and I, I don't recall us having uh, it was it was the same kind of uh, you know patience build up so to speak, which uh, some people call it frustrating. Some people call it patience. Some people call it frustrating. Yes. 
and I'd say the best uh, well the most notable uh, bit of play was from West Ham where he put a ball through towards uh, Kevin Nolan who knocked it past Gareth Barry who um, made a great tackle yeah it was a great tackle wasn't it um, we obviously we were it happened right in front of us at the Gladys Street end and uh, inis- my initial reaction was great Gareth Barry's going to get sent off because he basically wrestled Kevin Nolan when he was the last man do you think he, he he wanted to stop him doing that daft chicken dance that you were on about? I think, it, well, it would have been a worthy sending off if it did prevent the chicken dance. However, uh, nothing was given, which was a bizarre decision, really. I don't think he even got a free kick for it, did he? No, I don't think he did. If he got, got a free kick, I think he would have been off. He probably would have got sent off, or at least, uh, you know, a very a booking that probably would have been very generous. Yeah, uh, so... That was the, I mean, that was the main, the main talking point of the first half, and uh, we were talking the last couple of weeks about we don't get anything from uh, from any referees, and then we, we we get a bit of a slice of fortune there. And do you think it would have been, you know, do you think it was a sending off? Well, if he's, it's the last man rule, isn't it? If he's the last man, which you know, no one was coming right through the middle, and Bar- um, Barry was the only person with him. I mean. He possibly could have said maybe one of the full-backs could have covered. I think Baines possibly might have been able to get over. Um, but I think it would have been touch and go if something was given as to whether he got sent off or not. I think the fact that it was just on the edge of the box and it was in between two centre-backs as well, I don't think... I mean, it, whether it was, it was completely unmarked, because it was a, a, a quite close to the players. But, you know, it, it, we, we got one for a change. Again, the rest of the first half was we pretty much dominated the, the possession as we have been doing at home, but created very few chances. Uh, Delafeu, I thought he struggled really first half. He, you know, he, he was getting seeing quite a bit of the ball, but he was he was struggling getting past people. He was not really getting any really good quality shots off. He had a few though. Yeah, he, he did have a few, but there was he, he never really. Seemed like scoring, did he? I didn't think in the first half. I think he had one that he bent round the defender and just uh, it was it was very close. It was like he tried to shield he used the defender as a shield. Uh, Nate Smith had a chance as well uh, from a tight angle, from a nice little through ball. Uh, but other than that, uh, we didn't really have that many chances. And uh, as you said before, uh, you know, patient, stroke, frustrating was what yeah. it was, and it, it went into half time nil nil. Oh, they'd made a change, didn't they? they, they Carlton Cole went off injured and uh, a bit of a pantomime villain came on, uh, yeah, Andy um, Carroll. Yeah, uh, who had already been winding the Gladys feet up by, you know, giving them the thumbs up when he was warming up, didn't he? So, uh, you know, him and Joe Cole have been booed royally when they both came to warm up in front of the Gladys Street end. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm just, just looking at a little bit of the stats and it says... Uh, Cole wasn't carrying an injury. It was just a tactical change. That's bizarre. He limped off. Did he? I think it must be wrong now because he, he did look like he pulled something. Well, I've just got on, on the notes here. Uh, Cole looks a bit bemused with that decision. So, right. um, maybe Sam Allardyce really wanted to send him out to the, the pie shop on County Road to get him some pie. <laughs> yeah, pie and gravy, extra gravy. Uh, so yeah, we went in nil nil half time, um, and you know we all knew that the Blues needed to step up again in the second half. Um, we were all wondering whether there'd be any changes, you know, the likes of Morales or Barkley to come on. We were all wondering when Lukaku would see him back again, uh, but we, we came out 
same as did we set to the beginning of the second half uh, and started shooting towards the Gallas Street end. Just a little note on that. It said, you know, on on, the, on Sky Sports uh, match report, uh, Carlton Cole. Found, if we found out that the West Ham substitution were purely tactical, Carlton Cole st- stormed straight down a tunnel. Is frustrate in frustration. It was after only twenty eight minutes. Wouldn't be happy with taking off substituted after twenty eight minutes. To be fair to the lad, um, so. Uh, and straight away, I think I noticed a bit of an improvement in Everton in the second half. Thought. Well, yeah, and uh, the in particular the Bayonar partnership. Yeah, we did start to see a lot more action down the left hand side. Uh, going back to the you know the first half, I thought Pienaar was awful in the first half, uh, but really did show signs in the second half of you know much improvement. It's funny that because. We, uh, you know, as we do every week, we put out, you know, uh, a question on our Facebook: uh, Who was your man of the match? And a few people said P and R. I thought he was terrible in the first half. Yeah, uh, well, as close as the forty seventh minute, so two minutes after half time, uh, they linked up well. Uh, Baines puts a cross in to P and R, and he's running in side footy, lovely little dink, really, but. And he's running away celebrating as if he scored, but he didn't. It hit the post and bounced back out to Delafeu, who managed to scuff his shot when he should have done better, really, of a player of that quality or, you know, that technical ability. And straight into the arms of Adrian. Adrian, we had a few laughs at as well, didn't we? We did, yeah. Quite a few people in the Gladys, including myself, like to shout to Adrian! (laughs) But being Spanish, I don't think he really got it. No, don't think he did at all. Didn't react, did he? <laughs> kind of lost on him. Didn't react. Um, so, you know, the, the, the pattern of play continued in, in that vein, really, didn't it? Just sort of wave after the attack. We were penning in, a lot of putting a lot of pressure, getting a lot of corners. Um, you know, carbon mixed. copy of the, that effort again. Sorry, uh, that link up down the left again, right into the path of Pinar again. And this time, I think he was trying to make sure, rather than putting a little dink, he, he uh, tried to just well you and went right over there, just up somewhere into the upper gladders <laughs> somewhere. <in there. laughs> uh, any any other bits of real note? Well, then, the, obviously, we stayed down now for a little while then, and then a change had to be made, and, and the change was made, and we got to see... Uh, Big Rom. Big Rom, will you come back in and come back onto the pitch for Everton? Uh, he substitution was. It was for Osman, so big Rom comes on. Slight change around the formation. Obviously, Stephen A. Smith dropped back a little bit, sort of into the support and striker role, uh, taking the place of Osman. Which I, I I thought it was a good thing to keep him on because again he he, he played quite well, didn't he? He was de- oh, he, dead he busy. Ran his socks off in the first half. Thought he he was having a decent game without really looking like he was going to score. Yeah. So. We could go four four two when we have possession, really, uh, and then drop back into that four five one formation. I think Lukaku came on, and he, he looked bright straight away. Yeah, he was making runs down channels. What I did notice was he was constantly shouting for the ball, constantly asking for yeah, it. Yeah, constantly. Sometimes, probably even when you know there was no chance of him ever getting it because he had three defenders marking him. Um, but he showed that he was hungry and he wanted to get straight back into it. He looked to me like a player who, who wanted to score in this game. Yeah, and... I think sometimes centre-forward, you need to have a little stroke of selfishness, don't you? Yeah. 
He didn't really look like scoring though, did he? Do you think? Well, he did score. Yeah, but in those, you know, the 20 minutes that led up to the goal. But you've got to remember, by this point, I think West Ham had settled for a point. I mean, there was two solid banks of four, you know, for Annie. They were proving quite difficult to break down, I thought, even though we were fashioning some chances. Uh, I think I saw something the other day where I think when our goal actually did come, there's a picture of every single West Ham player is inside the box. Yep. The time of score, time of the goal. So, so we we tried to make another. Ch- we made another change. We brought McGeady on for uh, for Delafeu, and then that was about 15, 20 minutes left to go, and then we just we kept I kept the patience, stroke frustration. <laughs> it was starting to get a bit anxious. I thought I could feel it in the crowd. I was starting to get a bit anxious because it was a game you know we had to take three points from, you know, and, and it, as time was ticking away. Um, you know, you could you could sense that in the crowd, uh, and, and then. Well, eventually, yeah, it was again a little bit of build up down the left, and a, a ball in from Baines, and he'd done these done this pass a few times, obviously for a few PNR chances, and then he tried it a few times, and it, the, the crossing generally wasn't great in that game, but he managed to find Lukaku with one of them. And just no messing about, no trying to dink it into the corner or anything. He just bit of a, just he just hit it hard and hard and low, and he made it through a couple of players. Just no messing around. Just and then he proceeded to uh, head over to celebrate with the Gladys Street faithful and tell us all he was back. He did tell us he was back right in front of where we sit. Uh, he ran over and started screaming, "I'm back! I'm back!" Which uh, was. Nice little touch when he scored early, wasn't he? Um, as you say, you know it's never going to win goal of the season. A bit of a scuff finish, but um, you all count the same, don't you? Well, he just hit it true, and uh, uh, we've had too many of those chances in the box where we you, you, you try too hard to just completely blast it, or try little silly dinks, or one extra touch and pass and everything. And this was on, you know, just a striker who just uh, just hit it. He did, and it went in the net, and, and that's you know. As I say, they all count the same, and that's exactly what we needed. And it instantly lifted the atmosphere. Uh, it instantly gave everyone a big sigh of relief, I think. Um, and then we pretty much just saw the game out, didn't we? Then from then on in. Yeah. A few minutes after that, Naismith uh, made way for uh, Barkley, and Naismith got a good reception again. Everyone, uh, everyone kind of appreciated the shift he put I think, in. I think the crowds have really turned the corner on him now. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure. Oh no, I think they have. There's, there's the odd one or two. Maybe. Maybe you're right. Maybe the crowd has turned a corner on him, but the majority of Evertonians haven't, because he's just not a fashionable name. I think he's not. He's never going to be like. He's never going to be Lukaku. Who can you know? He can do nothing for three months, but then people will still sing his name because he's Lukaku and he's worth 25 million. I think that's just the way it is. No, I think I think he he'll end up being a, a very well thought of player for us. You know, I hope so because he he's doing well. So the the board went up. There was it was funny because there was uh, there was goals, there was stoppages. Uh, well, sorry, there was a goal, there was stoppages, uh, a few injuries, and there was three minutes. Whereas the week before there was none, nothing like that, and there were five. Yeah, it was funny that, wasn't it? Five minutes. Obviously, time runs at a much slower pace down in Chelsea. Um, same amount of substitutions, as you say. Pretty much the same amount of instance. We get three minutes, they get five minutes. So, there you go. Anyway. So, 
It was, it was one of those games, really. I mean, it's like the, the Villa game, you know, coming off the, a couple of bad results or a bad result. It was just get through the game and get the three points, wasn't it? We talked about this last week. You, you know, there's some games you just need to get through and get the win. I would take scrappy one no wins every game of the season from now to the end. If you offer me that now, I'll take it. Yeah, because I don't think any, any other side's going to win them all. Exactly. Um, so, look at, you know, looking back on the game, um, who was your man of the match? Stones. I thought Stones had a really good game, you know, from when we last saw him when he was getting terrorised at right back, uh, you know, in the Derby game and, and the Villa game afterwards. I thought the lads probably would have lost a little bit of confidence and maybe, you know, we might not see him come back to, you know, where he was until maybe next season. Uh, I thought he just slotted them perfectly on Saturday. I, think I thought he was awesome. It's, first half in particular. It's just absolutely crazy how moving over 20 or so feet <laughs> in, inside the pitch can turn yet from possibly... You know, one it's of the, the poorest. way our full-backs play, though. It's not moving across 20 yards. Yeah. It's moving across 20 yards and forward, 50 yards. Yeah, I suppose, problem, yeah. So. But, um, yeah, I thought he was re- looked really composed. A couple of times where the ball come over, he's like challenging with Andy Carroll, who's obviously a big, strong lad, isn't he? Um, Once he fills out as well, a little bit. That's going to come, isn't it? You can see that. I mean, he's gangly now, but, you know, a season or two later. You saw it with a lot of players, people like Gareth Bale, like, put on a bit of... Muscle well, Barkley, Barkley after his injury, Barkley looked like a like a bean pole as well. And then you know he had that injury and he came back and he looked he looked. I mean he, he he's possibly still got a little bit of growing to do as well. Yeah, a little bit of filling out. Uh, I think also uh, the midfield duo again, uh, Barry and McCarthy. Well, my man of the match is James McCarthy. I thought he was just. I thought it was his. As best always, ball. yeah. Well, you know, we, we say this every week. James McCarthy is a, is a steady 7 or 8 out of 10 player every week, isn't he? I thought on Saturday he was a good 9. I thought he was he was brilliant. It was his best performance in an Everton shirt so far, as far as I can remember. Particularly in the second half, I thought, you know, I thought he, he just won the ball so much. He was always free for a pass. Uh, very rarely gave the ball away. In fact, I can't remember him giving the ball away. Uh, I just thought he, he was awesome. I thought he, he you know... Think Barry the, plays well every week as well, but I thought McCarthy looked the much better player. There were shouts for uh, Lukaku, because he came on, he, he had a good half hour. He was bright, got the ball, he was direct, yeah, and he made, some, he made the runs. Although Naismith's been making you know, centre-forward type runs, Lukaku made quality runs and he, made, he was available well, most of the time. I don't think he... I mean, we gave it to Naismith a couple of weeks ago when he came on as a sub because he changed the game. Yeah. I didn't get that feeling at Lukaku this week. He scored the goal, but I didn't feel like he suddenly changed the game on his own, really. I thought a lot of players in the second half just played better than they did in the first half. Yeah, OK, cool. Um, who's the other shout? I'm sure there was another, another shout. No, you didn't think Delafeu had much of an impact, whereas I thought he did. I thought he looked quite bright. No, I, I just... I just found him quite frustrating in the game, really. And but obviously Roberto Martinez thought differently because he's come out in the paper since and said he thought he was terrific in the game. Which you know, <laughs> Roberto Martinez never seems to really say a bad thing about anyone, does he? he everyone is always terrific or magnificent, <laughs> uh, and I sometimes don't know whether that's a little bit counterproductive uh, and coming out and saying that all the time. 
I know players lo like to feel loved and like the manager to say good things about them. Um, but sometimes I'd like to see maybe Roberto come out and say certain players need to do a little bit more. Yeah, okay, so did you know that that goal, that was fair, uh, Bainsey's first assist of the season? Oh, yeah, because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I did know that, yeah, uh, and it was an amazing fact really, wasn't it? I think he's got five or six goals so far, uh, but up until now he didn't have an assist. Madness. I think Barclay looked a little bit better in his five minutes he had. Um, it was too short to tell, really, wasn't it? Uh, you know, he came he on, give the ball away, which uh, he came on, and he had a little bit of a dribble and a uh, left-footed effort, which uh, which he did well to, to get. He's one of those players, though, and from a, <laughs> I, I used to, you know, when in, in our five-a-side days, I used to frustrate myself all the time by going onto my left foot and trying to finish on my left foot when I'm a right-footed player. And Barkley to a much million times better degree as being a professional footballer. He's, uh, he, he's something he seems to do. He seems to go over onto his left. And he did, obviously did it against Norwich and scored a screamer uh, in the first game of the season. But sometimes you think, get that onto your strong I, foot. I, and he is it. quite two-footed though, really, isn't he? I mean, he's quite similar to me in that, that <laughs> sense, I think. Um, Whereas he's equally good with both feet. I'm equally bad with both feet. Yeah. You may as well just class me as not having a left foot. But, but yeah, I mean, I think he can, he can go both ways, can't he, really? Sometimes, yeah, you can. But sometimes, you know, that's, it's all well and good uh, going on your, your, your weaker side. You, you know, if your left foot's still decent, but sometimes if you're outside the box, get a right foot on it and curl it in, place it with power rather than just having the hit and hope. Do you think Barkley didn't start because he was getting saved for Arsenal, or do you think he just didn't start because he's a little bit out of form or a little bit out of fitness at the moment? Fitness. I don't think form. I don't think form comes into it. Uh, came into uh, the uh, reckoning really. I think it was more down to fitness. So it didn't have anything to do with the Arsenal game. You don't think the fact that Morales and Barkley were both on the? Bench? I think Morales. Uh, Morales might have been being saved, but not Barkley. Right. Okay. Interesting. Um, again, across the rest of the team, the last couple of weeks we've spoken about Coleman. We haven't thought he's really, since he's come back from injury, sort of hit the heights that he, he was before he got injured, have we? And, and, and again, uh, you know, I thought he looked better this game against West Ham. Still, he was good defensively, uh, you know, and, and up up and, up until uh, you know uh, the, the, the centre centre half. I'm um, sorry, you know, up, up until the halfway line, really. But then that. A directness that we normally have on him coming in and then the, uh, you know the right winger going coming inside sorry and the, him going past we just we didn't see it as much we're going to need that aren't we against Arsenal we're going to you know we're going to need everyone to have a good game next weekend so as we say three points for the Blues um, you know it stopped the restless crowd getting more restless and it gave everyone a little bit more confidence, I think, going into the Arsenal game, uh, which we'll obviously review a little bit later on in the podcast, or preview even, not review, because it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that's leave the West Ham game there. Much needed three points, and onwards and upwards now. Hopefully we've had our run of bad form and we can look ahead again. And we've got a good spell of games coming up, you know, aside, the cup game aside. It's put us three points back ahead of United, which is always nice. Yeah, and just a little bit of, I suppose, not breathing room, but more keeping us in touch with the top five, 
four. Yeah, because Spurs obviously got three points and they beat uh, Cardiff at the weekend. Um, what has been an added bonus at the weekend for Everton's season, I suppose, though, is the fact that uh, Man City won the, the Carlin Cup final uh, and therefore an extra Europa League place for the league has been created. And, and so it's down to anywhere up to sixth at the moment, qualifies for Europe. Uh, and depending on how the FA Cup finishes, possibly even seventh. Yeah, there's a lot of debate over this, but I had a look on the Premier League uh, website on the, on the actual news, and contrary to what was a, a common belief, the finalist, if you know the, the, the winner of the Capital One Cup, the final. Oh, that's what it's called. No, not the Carlin Cup. Oh yeah, I said Carlin Cup. The Capital One Cup, the uh, the finalist doesn't make it through. It's it's not in the rules with, with the FA Cup. It is. I don't know why. But maybe the FA Cup is just more prestigious. I just think that the FA Cup just carries more weight, doesn't it? And that, that's the reason why. Uh, so, so obviously, yeah, down to sixth in the league or now qualifiers for Europe. Uh, strangely, though, we are hearing a few people saying they'd rather not be in it. Yeah, I, I think it's just it. see, seeing teams like we we talked again talked about this over the past few weeks. Seeing teams like Swansea and uh, teams over the past few years that have, it has a knock-on effect, doesn't it? On and they don't want to go to Thursday night games and means all our games are being moved to Sunday. Whatever, whatever, I don't care. I don't care. think it makes any difference. It's ridiculous. You want to be in every competition you can be in and, and win as many trophies as you possibly can. F- it's a trophy, isn't it? Yeah, and if you win that, you, you, it's the season after you're in the Champions League now. It's a new new rule. Europa League winners go into the Champions League, do they? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Happy days. And at the end of the day, this sort of point of view on the Europa League is only in this country every other country around Europe the Italians take it seriously the French take it seriously the Spanish take it seriously they all want to win it just a strange I think it's just the gulf the gulf in the the money side of things isn't it if you're in a Champions League you get uh, you get what 30, 30 million or yeah, whatever you do but I don't think you get a lot of money from being in the FA Cup do you and you want to win the FA Cup it's a tr- you know, it's, a tr- it's a trophy I think wasn't it the, the stats a few years uh, a few years ago it would, for the first few rounds of the Europa it actually cost you money. I think it does, yeah. <laughs> so it's. Uh, I think they're good to change that since. I you, hope so because so, it looks so like it's looked increasingly. I think like, you make about twenty p or something <laughs> now for the first couple of rounds anyway. But but yeah, so so there you go. Um, I think it's a little bit more bargaining, a little bit more of a bargaining tool, and it's you know if you're in that you can say to players, okay, we're not Champions League just yet. But someone like Lukaku, but bear with us. You know, we are right we way. are going the right way. We're going places. You know, we will be playing European football, and you know, just be a part of it. Well, you've only got to look at the last sixteen now. Uh, who's left in this year's Europa League? And you've got the likes of Juventus, Napoli, Tottenham. You know, all good sides. You know, there's there's a lot of decent sides left in. And will you look at if, a few years ago when you know when when Porto won it with Mourinho? Uh, and then he, he won the Champions League, didn't he, the year after? Exactly, yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a platform, and it's it's better than not being in Europe, let's just say that. Anyway, that could have been a news bit, but um, the news bit will be coming up just after this short break. News! Okay, we've got varying bits of news here, uh, little bits and pieces from all over the place, really. Lots of little snippets for us to uh, 
give our little spin on. Um, and I think the first one that we obviously came in after we recorded the podcast last week was the announcement of the, the final England squad before the World Cup. Yeah, so we're recording back to our, our usual, I say our usual, I, but it's a Wednesday afternoon slot, so we are, we, as in England. Uh, a few hours away from the, the game tonight against Denmark. Against Denmark, yeah, and Baines and Barkley made the squad. They did, obviously, the big talk before the squad was announced was whether Gareth Barry was going to make what was an extended 32-man squad, um, you know, which was going to have to be whittled down for the World Cup quite a bit. So this was Barry's sort of last chance, really, at maybe coming back into the fold as it is for, for England. Um, but unfortunately, he didn't, didn't make the cut. As, well, Jags didn't make it into the squad due to injury as well. So Baines and Barkley in there... Uh, one interesting bit, which you obviously you've just mentioned, we, which uh, somebody who's made a call up to a, like a senior team, uh, Shodran Mustafi, who was let go by uh, David Moyes a few years ago, and uh, <laughs> I don't know, he ended up going down the leagues or returning to Germany. And yeah, that- you know, he actually went to Sampdoria of all places. Oh, did he? Italy, yeah, he, he went to Sampdoria uh, and is worked his way into the first team at Sampdoria and is. Doing good things in Serie A, and, and it's been called up to the full Germany squad. Madness! So, so good. we could have had a German international centre half now, uh, but you know. and, and they're not, you know, still hard to come by, aren't they? You know, and there's talent, been, been some talents over the years. Well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you, you've only got to look at the likes of, say, Lothar Matthias or Beckenbauer, or Matthias, like Sam, even Sam, you know, for twenty hey, years. Yeah. So. Uh, no, just for anyone listening, I would not class Per Mertesacker in the same breath as any of those others, by the way. Good. So the other internationals, obviously, I mean, we've got Morales and Lukaku who have gone as well. Uh, Tim Howard's gone, hasn't he? We just hope we can get through these without injuries, because <laughs> we're already shitting ourselves, aren't we, over this yeah. Arsenal game coming up? Delafeu played 45 minutes last night for Spain. Uh, they... Had a little win, but I don't think Delafeu did anything of any note in the game. Uh, what what is coming out about the England game tonight is apparently Baines is going to be rested. Baines isn't going to play. They're going to look at Cole and Shaw, give them a half each. I think as as they try to determine who's going to be the back back up left back. So that's a good sign. That's a good so sign for Bainesy. That'll do us, won't it? What I am a little bit worried about though is you know we possibly rest Ross Barkley at the weekend with an eye on the Arsenal game and then. He gets picked to play tonight, do you think? Well, I, 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 I'm not worried about that. I'd rather he, uh, I, I, I'd rather he kind of add those minutes to try and find his fitness, the way his, his form has been lately, in that England game, rather than trying to risk it for Evan at the moment. I hope he gets another half hour, and then that'll put him on song to maybe come on and make an impact in the Arsenal game. You wouldn't be happy if he got injured tonight, though, would you? I can't see it. Mm, I don't know. If he's not back to full fitness at the moment, uh, you know... I don't know. I'd, I'd, I think I'd rather see him maybe sit the game out on the bench. Uh, other kind of international news. James McCarthy got Young Irish Player of the Year. Right, OK. Was Seamus Coleman not in the running for that? No, he was in the running for Senior Irish Player of the Year. And I think he was runner-up, possibly. Did Paul McGrath win it? Paul McGrath, yeah. Someone, Niall Quinn. Some, Niall Quinn win it? Someone who might quality, uh, possibly be as old as Paul McGrath win it. Robbie Keane. Right, okay. He's still younger than us. Was that one of these, like, you know, sympathy votes? Was it I was thinking like, that, like the Ryan Giggs player of yeah, the season yeah. vote. I, I, I was thinking that because 
Uh, and then McCarthy, you know, a little bit of a token gesture, uh, young player of the year. When I think I think next year and maybe the, for many years to come, it might be McCarthy and Sheamus dominating that. Well, there's been a few stories come out of the Ireland camp this week. I know Roy Keane said, he, you know, in particular, he's highlighted James McCarthy as somebody he's looking forward to working with and wants to sort of take him under his wing a little bit and teach him the uh, the dark art of playing in central midfield, which would be a nice little touch. Well, I, I think he's he's not far off. What Roy Keane, that type of play? I think he's probably got a little bit to go till he's at Roy oh. Keane in his. Oh, oh yeah, his yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's what I mean. When no. when this, when United signs him from Forest. They had that kind of box to box midfielder. I think the only thing that's missing from McCarthy's game, which Roy Keane wasn't really noted as much of his goal scorer, but he did get a few, and he he was able to get the get the game by the scruff of the neck, wasn't he? And I think McCarthy is all over the place at the moment in a good way. You know, he's but he's not yet dominating games. The thing with him now is he's only going to get better, as you say, isn't he? Which is a, yeah, and it's exciting because what well, he's twenty one, twenty two, twenty two, isn't he? And uh, Barkley is twenty one, so for ten years they could be, you know, a, a, you know, a, a great partnership there. Yeah, and while we're talking about coaches taking players under the wing, yeah, um, uh, and stories come out of Goodison this week that uh, Stephen Naismith is getting one on one coaching from uh, another ex Everton Scottish centre forward, uh, just. Mr. Duncan Ferguson. Yeah, I think you can only benefit from it. We, we talked a little bit last week about him being quite good in the air, didn't, you know, for the little little-ish fella, didn't we? And yeah, he can only he can only get uh, better by working with Duncan. Well, yeah, of course, and, and he makes me to come out and done a, an interview for one of the Scottish papers. I think it was the Daily Record or, or some Scottish paper, uh, and, and said, you know, he's really enjoying working with Duncan at the moment, and you know. Really looking forward to benefiting from his knowledge. Yes, one player who would also benefit from that knowledge and maybe uh, how to win a ball in the air uh, is someone who's going to be spending a little bit more time with us, uh, which is a bit puzzling, really. Uh, we, we, we said that Traore was going to be going back to Monaco last week, but uh, he's actually going to stay. Yeah, until the end of the season it's surprising as I say I got some information last week that he was getting sent back because he was going to require surgery and you know he wasn't going to play again this season for, for anybody basically um, but it seems as if bizarrely that's changed since And but the club still don't know how long he's going to be out Anything, anywhere between 6 to 8 weeks which is virtually the end of the season anyway yeah so he's not going to need surgery but he's still out for 6 to 8 weeks and you know if it's 8 weeks that will leave him a week or a week and a half left of the season. Do you know this, this screams to me that he probably does need surgery and has needed surgery for a long time, but clubs just keep hanging on and trying not to give him it. I, d- I don't know why they just don't fix it once and for all, and you know, write the season off for him and, and get him fit for next year. Yeah, so you know, it's just one of those things. I mean, I, 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 there's a lot of a lot of debate at the moment. Again, you know, every week we have like. You know, dividing issues and a few people saying send him back he's a useless waste of space and a, a few people saying well you're on about he's play, played one game and scored one goal 100% strike record yeah so uh, but whether he'll feature again for Everton you know ever again is another matter isn't it I said it last week and I'll say it again I don't think we'll ever see him in an Everton shirt again ok uh, so one more 
bit of Everton news and a little bit of debate. Apparently, uh, Spurs are being linked with Kevin Morales. Wonder why? Is it because he's a midfielder? Yeah, well, because he plays in the general vicinity of the midfield area. Yeah, he's being linked with Spurs like every other quality midfield ish midfielder ish uh, who's ever played in the Premier League or any other league in the world. This strikes me as one of those stories where a journalist had absolutely nothing to write, so he sat thought, right, let's make something up. Who might Spurs go for? Uh, let's say Kevin Morales. Why not? I don't really see why Spurs would want Kevin Morales at the moment, and that might sound a bit weird coming from an Evertonian, but you know. I don't think Kevin Morales has had a great season where he's suddenly going to be attracting a load of attention from other clubs for a big money transfer, do you? He scored a couple of eye-catching goals. A couple of free kicks? That's it. What, and Christian Eriksen can't take free kicks for Spurs then, no? Well, you know. It's bizarre. Last last bit um, is, is a bit of a... Well, just on that note, uh, we might be in a little bit of trouble on the right wing, mightn't we, if... Um, Morales does go to Spurs. Oh, yeah. Obviously, uh, Delafay, who's come out this week and confirmed that he's going to be going back to Barcelona. Is he, though? Well, is this one of those stories where he said, I'm going back to Barcelona in the summer, and then then neglected to say, but then I'm coming back to Everton in the autumn? Because Barcelona don't want him back yet. Because that's where I live, and I'm going to go and see my mates for the summer, and the weather's nice. Or, you know, I don't think Barcelona, you know, from all reports we've heard so far, Barcelona want to send him out for, for another season. Well, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this in weeks on past. He hasn't done enough yet to justify, you know, him suddenly going to Spain and becoming a first-choice player for Barcelona, has he? No, not at all. So he's obviously going to go back out on loan next season, I would have thought, unless he wants to play for Barcelona B for another season, which I don't think is going to help him. I don't think, just just a little bit of clearing up here. I don't think anybody would, you know, it's not like the thing, like, I want to go back to Barcelona, so Everton fans are going to turn on him and go, go, on, go, go back to Barcelona then. I think uh, nobody will begrudge him that with the, if, the, if he wants, you know, if he... If he's Barcelona's his, his club, we knew that yeah. when we got him on loan. It's his club, it's not like he belongs to us and, and you know, we brought him up like Rooney from youth and then suddenly, and he was going on about how much of a big Evertonian he was and then he went, oh, I don't know what I'm getting off in the summer. No. Yeah, no, it's not so. So, okay, so last little bit is something that was uh, it could be, could be in our social media section, but it's probably worth a little bit because it was it was news, but it was I suppose it's Arsenal news, and we're playing Arsenal at the weekend. So, um, Arsenal unveiled a statue of Dennis Bergkamp uh, this week outside the Emirates. Looks not unlike him, by the way. No, it doesn't at all. I struggled to see who that was. Um, it looks more like Lee Chapman to Dennis Bergkamp. <laughs> Lee Chapman. <laughs> so, bet you didn't think Lee Chapman would get mentioned on this week's podcast. No, you? I did not at all. So, one of our regular listeners, uh, Carl, who's a proper bloop, he's based down in Australia, and we've spoken of him before, and he's actually featured before on the podcast. Uh, suggested maybe Everton could do something similar. Uh, he suggested Howard Kendall. Could you see a, a club's most successful manager, isn't he? I mean. I think the main difference between a statue that we would do and a statue that Arsenal would do is, I think this was done in bronze, ours would probably be Papier-Mâché, do you think? Yeah, possibly, yeah. yeah. Or Play-Doh. Maybe some, you know, a bit of glue paste and some old echoes and make a Papier-Mâché one and paint it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you look back, to, there's a few... We've already got the Dixie Dean statue, obviously, so Dixie's got his own statue. Who do you build next? Personally, I would probably think maybe... Alan Ball. 
Alan Paul, yeah. Alec I, Young. See, but then Alec Young wasn't with us for a great deal of time and, you know, didn't win a lot. So, Howard Kendall's probably a very good shout, really. Brian LeBone, maybe? LeBone, LeBone is the one I was thinking of. Uh, I, you know, modern day era, you know, as much as, you know, we're very much of a Duncan Ferguson generation, I don't think he's ever done enough to warrant a statue. Has he? Let's face it. Probably not. So, I mean, maybe, you know, when we talked last week about him maybe being lined up for the Everton manager's job if Roberto ever goes, then he might do. But, uh, you know, I think Howard Kendall's as good a shout as any. Yeah, I agree. Um, but on this subject, if you want to go to petitions.org online, um, I have just started a make a Billy Letanoff statue petition. Uh, it's currently got one signature, uh, and uh, I need another, I think it's 10,000 for it to go to government, so I need another 9,999 signatures on that. Gullible Blues out there, don't fall for it. <laughs> uh, anyway, th- that pretty much wraps up our news. It does, yeah. Uh, obviously, we've now got to talk about a small matter of the FA Cup quarter-final. Yeah, but first, before that, we'll have a little bit of your views on the, the our questions of the week, just coming up in a sec. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. Yeah, it's not always just the, the big issues, it's just whatever question pops into my head or your head to write down on Facebook and Twitter on the day, really, isn't it? Well, it's, it's relevant, though. Yeah, it is relevant. We try to be as relevant as possible. Uh, and the first question today that we put out there was, um, you know, whether you think Ross Barkley should start uh, just behind the striker in the Arsenal game at the weekend? Yeah, and I mean, we'll talk about our thoughts on that issue after we've discussed some of, the, some of your thoughts, really. And start off on Facebook. We've just heard the links there, so you know if you've, you've got any views to share in coming weeks, feel free to get in touch. Uh, the first answer we got was from Stephen Lively. He said, "I would start him. We'll bring his confidence back. Uh, put him in behind Lukaku though, because he gives the ball away in dangerous positions in central midfield. Uh, we, haven't really seen, we haven't really seen him play central midfield, have we? Because if you're talking about the McCarthy or the Barry role." Um, well, he, he did it against. Um, it was it was it was against Villa, wasn't it? And he, he did, did give the ball away in our half, and they did go on to score from it. So I see his point. You want him up top, being uh, you know having the ball up there rather than you know in half in half third, really. Yeah. Uh, I've got one from Jack Hesketh uh, at Jack Hesketh ninety seven. Uh, Osman, he thinks he's going to start, and he thinks he's going to start Naismith ahead of Lukaku. Right, okay. What so Naismith up front? Yeah. With Osman behind him? Yeah. I hope we don't go that way. Um Well that that did alright against Spurs without getting the goal and then Yeah, it did, but we need we need more of a threat at Arsenal than that, I think, you know. I yeah, I think you've got to start Lukaku. I think don't think that's in doubt really at the moment. Um Pete Richards says yes, uh Ross will start he was rested against the Hammers, so looks a cert. Yeah, good point. Uh, this Jack, Jack McManus on Twitter need to just go and attack them. They'll shit themselves because they won't be able to cope. 
Nice. Right. Nice use of language there. Nice one. Uh, Michael Hawthorne says, uh, no, don't start, Ross. Nate Smith's in form, play him. He doesn't deserve to be dropped. Yeah, he's definitely got a case for that. I, I think it would be very harsh if he, if he got dropped at the moment. Um, but, you know, that's life, isn't it? Uh, just following on from that one, Stuart Tag, who we always seem to read a text out from every week, has put uh, in relation to Ross starting. Does a bird shit in the woods? Yeah. Uh, which was immediately followed up by Stephen Lively again, who said, No, Stuart, most birds shit on my car. I always thought the same was, does a bear shit in the woods? Now, if you've got bears shitting on your car, you're in trouble, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. I hope he means bears as in a Tweety bear and not, like, just a girl. Yeah. You need, if, you, if you want birds to stop shitting on your car, you probably need to stop stalking them. <laughs> uh, Tom Owen, uh, T. Owen, 2011. I reckon start with Ross and bring on Naismith, Stroke Osman, if he's been ineffective. Uh, Stephen McIntosh has said, uh, no, don't start, Ross. Put Morales in behind and play Delafeu on the right. That's or quite, vice versa. That's quite attacking, that, isn't it? That would be attacking. Uh, School of Science, uh, psychopath. Uh, Morales with Delafeo on the right and again so that's you know the same same opinion really isn't yeah, it another one Billy Bradshaw I would always play my best 11 Super Kev will be the difference on Saturday I would like to see him given a free role behind the beast uh, Steve Rimmer at Steve Rimmer 9 Morales just behind Lukaku and then go with uh, Pina Barry McCarthy and Delafeo so that seems to be a, quite a popular opinion I'm not sure if how realistic this is though because that is Really, quite attacking. Yeah, Michael Blakey. Barkley doesn't deserve to start the four years in. I'd rather start with Morales, Osman, and Pinar behind Rom. Would be a bit slow Naismith, but Rom is the better option up front, and Kev the better option on the right. Right. Okay. Uh, got got a few more on Facebook there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just one and two. Um, Michael Ichi, he should definitely start. He's no good coming off the bench. You talk about Ross here, obviously. He needs to be up uh, to the pace straight away. Uh, and then uh, Cy Harwood, who, from, who's the admin over at the Everton page, uh, basically said, nice and simple, just gave it a yes for Ross. So, pretty much split down the middle, I would say. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I, I think... What, what are your thoughts? The way he's been playing lately, I wouldn't start him against Arsenal. I really wouldn't. I think he, you know... I'd hope to see him at some point in the game, but I would probably play Naismith behind Lukaku. See, I, I think you're going back to the, the, the kind of Moyes, kind of playing Naismith out of position again, aren't you, and expect him to do that job? I think Naismith's probably best position is just in behind a striker. I don't know, because that's, you know, we, we've had, he's come out and said that, he, you know, he, he's, he's enjoying playing under Roberto because he's getting a chance up top. I'd like to see, I would like to see, I'd probably start with Lukaku up front and then Pinar, Naismith, Morales. Okay. I uh, I think if he go, does go with Lukaku up top, I, I, it might sound harsh, but I, I don't think I want, I'd, I'd like to see uh, Naismith in that supporting role. I think I think uh, a few a few lads there. I think it'll probably be Osman. Okay. Yeah, before we go on to the second question, just in case you've noticed any sort of difference in sound levels, uh, some idiot forgot to bring the charger for the, the Mac that we usually record on, so the battery's just died. Who's that? That was you. Oh, yeah. Sorry, folks. So, we are, we're recording the last little bit on the... We're on now on iPhone. 
technology. It's a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful thing. If this runs out, um, we may need to start recording it on a ghetto blaster, and we'll have to pause, press pause, and play and record like we used to do with the charts. Have you still got one of them? No. <laughs> yeah, we'll just have to uh, improvise again. Anyway, we've got two, iP- two iPhones and two iPads between us, so I'm sure we'll be able to come up with something. So, uh, what was the second question? Uh, second question was about a subject that, you know, I've mentioned a few times on the last few podcasts, and that's about the atmosphere at Goodison and, and how lacklustre it's been recently. Uh, it was really quiet again, I thought, at the weekend at the West Ham game, up until we scored. Um, so, the question was put out there, uh, what can be done to improve the atmosphere in Goodison, which has been severely lacking recently? Well, I, I want to touch on this before we go into it, because if, I, I noticed a few people have echoed my thoughts on it, so I want to share my thoughts before rather than after, if that's all right. No one's interested in your thoughts. Well, I don't care. I, <laughs> I'm, I've got the record button anyway. Um, I touched on this a few weeks ago, and I think there's been a lot of tension in the air, and I've noticed a few of our, our, our followers have kind of mentioned this as well. I don't think they're agreeing with me. I think, you know, that's their opinions as well. Uh, the tension has been, you know, after that Villa, uh, the Villa game, when there was a really poor atmosphere, and that was just after the derby, and we had to get that win. I think that tension was there until we scored, and then it, it was like we kind of let out a collective sigh of relief. And then the kind of atmosphere picked up, and it just so happened to be it was the 81st minute when we scored this week, and then that's when the atmosphere picked up when the goal went in because people relaxed a little bit more. The, the the thing is though, you know, the worst song you can have sung at you, I think, is you only sing when you're winning. And at the moment, we do, we do only sing when you're winning. And then even when we were winning this week, it was loud when there was there was a few like you know Romelu Lukaku songs, and that was loud, but. Even, you know, Ali Ali O's died away and a couple of people tried to start singing, you know, we're by far the greatest team the world's ever seen and, and people weren't joining in, even when we were winning, but, a couple of minutes to go. But it's been a bad spell. You know, it's been it's, it's been quite a... I know, and it's one of those... But when you have your bad spells, that's where you should be getting behind the team and encouraging them, I think. It is. But everyone's sat there, like, absolutely panicking that we're going to get beat again. So... I do. I know. I know exactly what you're saying, and, and I'm just trying to come up with some kind of reason for it. Uh, you know, it is the time that the team needs you the most, but it's at the time that we're panicking most, and we want the team to kind of turn it around. So everyone's kind of nervous and thinking, "Oh God, what? Well, uh, you know, we we need this." I actually, do you know, when I'm nervous in the game or panicky in the game, I actually like a sing then. Like when I go to away games. You know, I like to have a sing then because it takes your mind off worrying. Yeah. It relieves a bit of the stress, I think. But going back to comments anyway that, that other people have sent in to us, uh, uh, Jake McNally, it might be because it has been a little frustrating watching us lately. That's just my opinion. It feels like they are trying to score the perfect goal rather than just getting it in the back of the net. Um, they seem to be trying to pass it right in, rather than getting into space and having a crack. Lost count of the amount of times in the past few games where the ball has been passed into the opposition's box and then passed right back out again. That's been a problem that's been affecting us for years, I think. I think we'll get the ball and into a prom- promising position. Play it from one side to the other, get into a prom- promising position and then I'll go back sometimes as far as Tim Howard. Why should that affect atmosphere? I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's 
you know, it, it, there's things that get a crowd going, like a, you know, a decent effort or a crunching tackle. And sometimes, you know, it's, you, you, you want to be spared on. Sometimes the crowd will spare the team on. Sometimes you need something, a little bit of inspiration. And then, you know, some, someone to go in and rattle someone or, you know, a, a decent move or a decent effort. And the past few games, there's been that little bit of quality lacking, I think. So, you know... Uh, Jordan Robinson says it may just be me but the fans seem to have forgotten the lines to our songs it always goes awful quiet when it gets to we don't care what the red shades say well that's another thing that's been mentioned over the years and uh, I think a lot of a lot of fans who are new to Everton you know they'll join in with that, with that bit and then they don't know you know it's, it's a do you think it might have anything to do with the fact you know there's with the children's season tickets being £95 and with uh, you know Sometimes at home games like West Ham, for instance, there are a lot of discounted tickets knocking about, and there are people going to the game who wouldn't usually go on a full price ticket. Do you think that might affect? It could be. It could well do. Uh, so I've got one. Uh, Chris Perez, Chris Perez seventy five on Twitter has said you should reduce ticket prices on the day to get a full house. Well, I think we are getting full houses pretty much, though, aren't we? For in the home games, I mean, a lot of the time where the attendances are down. Uh, it's because the away allocation aren't selling out, and we keep selling this. And I mean, you know, the, it was fairly full against West Ham the other day. There wasn't that many empty seats, was there? There was odd ones or twos knocking about, but nothing, nothing that would have affected the atmosphere. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, I wonder whether is, is it due? Cause, I mean, can you remember in recent years? Is it a winter thing? Did everyone sat there freezing? I don't think so. No, I just think. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it at the moment. I really can't. Uh, Michael Roberts uh, says, bring safe standing into football again. So I, I know this this has got a lot of debate going on in there, so I'll just get through the Twitter ones and then we'll go back and talk about... Um, the safe standing issue. The safe standing issue, okay. yeah. Uh, so David Graham at David Graham, uh, Dave Graham 76, play at night, can't get my head round, that it's always bouncing when we play under the lights and on a Saturday it's not the same. Yeah, he's got a good point. Uh, Niall Williams, allow pyro. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Let's start blowing the place up. What do you reckon? <laughs> Everton, Jimmy. Uh, just, no, just on that note, though, I would, you know, we could have, like, James McCarthy's head exploding or something, and then everyone would sing a James McCarthy song. What do you reckon? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or, like... <laughs> Big flames that come out of the, the tops of Tim Howard's goal, and we'd all sing a Tim Howard goal. I like the pyro idea. That's my favourite one. I so like far. it. I like it. Yeah. I like it a flame. Lot. Yeah. Big flame throwers at the front. Yeah. Um, Everton Jimmy on Twitter start a song for Stephen Naismith. There's one, isn't there? Isn't it super, super Stephen Naismith? Um, the, I think there's a couple knocking about, isn't there? But nothing's really caught on yet. Oh, okay. Uh, but Lester Woodward says, play a striker. Well, there seems to be a few of those, like put the ball in and play a striker, and you know it seems to be more about the uh, about the team, you know, and you know the team lineup rather than the actual team performing at the moment, and it, it seems to be, you know, that kind of negativity or the negative lineup maybe um, doesn't inspire one to sing as much. True, true. Um, Niall Williams then makes a suggestion. Uh, get the Barry Horns there. Apparently the Barry Horns are a band who make a lot of noise at Wales international games. 
Now, as much as I think that is a quality name for a band, the Barry Horns, I absolutely detest bands in football. I oh, do, yeah. What, like the England stupid brass band playing oh, I think it's boss, yeah. No, I think it's terrible. Awful, awful. What if we could get our piano and violin there and start? Terrible, <laughs> terrible idea. I hate it. I used, do you know, the worst of all time was that dick who used to come up with Portsmouth who used to ring the bell all game. Oh, yeah. What yeah. was that about? It's funny, but Matt Murray on that on that comment has said, uh, bring back the football rattle. And I think that's just, that'll just piss everyone off even more. James Williams says, put some prompting chance stuff on the screens. I'd love to see cop to gobshite come up when the ball goes out for the throw. I don't think the club are going to do that. I don't know, but they could, they could do stuff like, do you know where like NBA games and they start stuff like, Da, 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 and defense and all that kind of stuff. They have like uh, what, what are they called? Spirit squads in in the front. So, so you mean something could come over like that? Go for instance, then 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 yes, exactly. Dun, dun, and then everyone would sing. It's a grand old team to fight yeah. for. Yeah, right. Interesting. We get laughed at though. We would, but I think that's going to be something that's going to be prominent in football over the years because I think it's it's not just Everton that's happening. Now. I think you know we talked earlier on the season about City bringing in a safe standing section, didn't he? And everywhere else in the crowd, there was no atmosphere apart from this little section. Well, there's a couple of mentions on here for something that a lot of European and continental clubs do, and that is, you know, have somebody as, like, a cheerleader at the front of the crowd. You know, we see a lot of German clubs, don't you? There's somebody with a microphone or a megaphone, and he'll lead the chance. He doesn't even, half of them don't even seem to watch the game. They have the back to the game most of the time. Well, I think there's, they, a, there's a few few knobheads who sit in front of us and we're quite near the front anyway who are trying to do that kind of thing and spend the whole time. They're not really trying to start a chance. They're, they're just, just trying, trying to start to, a fight with a professional footballer. Well, and trying to look cool in yeah. front of, you know, 6,000 Evertonians. So. Uh, Dan Empson says free ale. <laughs> I don't Again, know. I don't think the club are going to do that. Good idea, though. Carl, uh, Rollins, we just mentioned before, he can't get over this, no atmosphere, living in Aussie, do anything to get the match. Sometimes go and watch Sydney FC as Del Piero plays for them. What they have is an MC on a loudspeaker facing the home. That's what I was talking about, yeah. Yeah, something similar. Um, The guy starts every song, yeah, so it works, it's always loud. So we need some crazy South Americans to do the same in front of the Gladys. If we do um, go down that route, I want to volunteer my services. I think that'll be quality. (laughs) Um, yeah, okay. I caught with some boss Billy Lettinoff songs. I'm yeah. not going to get the job, am I? No, not at all. Um, but going back to, you know, as we thought, the majority of the comments were in relation to safe, safe standing. Um, and it is, I think, I don't, I can't remember if we mentioned this on the podcast before, but um, I, for one, am a firm supporter of that and would love to see it come back in. Unfortunately, I don't think it will. While it, you know the the issue with Hillsborough and things is still, you know, very media prominent. Well, especially where we are. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think we'll see it get reintroduced in this country. It does work in Germany. You know, rail seats have been shown to be safe. Uh, I much prefer to stand up. So a lot of the time of the match, you know, I feel very self-conscious for maybe standing up a little bit too much and stopping people behind me from seeing. Yeah, and you know, you talk about our season ticket prices. If you've got a bunch of kids who are paying ninety five quid, and you know, the kids, and you're, you know, you've got a big, you know, we're what we're we're both like what five eleven six foot. 
But if you've got like a big, you know, an average kind of weight, if you've got a big 20 stone monster in front of you and you're a little kid and he stood up singing the whole game, sat behind him, I don't know what, what you know, as far as, I think it's a, you know, it's a decent enough system with the seating at the moment. But if you want to go and sing, maybe that choice should be there. I think that option should be there. So have safe standing areas for instance, and just make the Gladys Street a safe standing stand. One stand, and then, you know, your kids then can go on the park end, or they can go on the family, or, or whatever. Well, maybe even a corner of the Gladys. No, I think if you're going to do it, do it a full stand. Because if you think about the amount of extra people you could get there, and you could, and then you really could make it. Yeah, but that, that, kind, that kind of punishes the people who, you know, who, who like to sit in the Gladys and... Tough. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think that there's a few on there, isn't it, as well? Again, talking about the style of play. So, Cy, again, who's off the Everton page, Cy Harwood, support us to understand that we now play a new type of football and not expect us to bomb forward all the time. And, you know, I think I think what we talked about before is, like, you know, we, we've got to have a little bit of patience as well and get behind the team, haven't we? Because it's easy to just to, to turn up and I think this is a very much a generational thing. Uh, it's a very, it's, it, it's a very much me generation, and people turn up to the game and they, they set to think, entertain me, Everton, Everton Football Club, entertain us, and that's not the way it is. It, it's, it's a very much reciprocal kind of reciprocal. You know? Good word. I like, um, uh, like act, isn't it? In going to a football game, you've got a give and take, you've got to take the rough with the smooth and all those other cliches, you've got to get behind the team and the team's got to respond to that I think the team would respond to it though Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, that's what you've got to do but it is, it's, you know, you've got a bunch of a uh, bunch of kids who are more interested in turning around and taking selfies with the pitch in the background than getting up and singing, I'm, I'm not saying that's something, you know, we don't get up and or I don't get up and sing, you know Every single game. You're too busy taking selfies, that's why. Yeah, of course, yeah. I'm too busy taking pictures of the sunset behind, behind the stand. Um, I, I think we will have an atmosphere, though, for when Man United comes to town, won't we, in a couple of weeks' time? I think that'll probably be allowed. It's just one of those, though, it's, you know, if we're, we're lose, you know, we lost against Sunderland, we didn't really play well against West Ham and Aston Villa. They're the three games, the three real home games since... You know the atmosphere's kind of died down a little bit in West, uh, you know West Ham. You're not worried about the next two though, Cardiff and Swansea. Their games where the atmosphere could be real, yeah. especially if we get beat by Arsenal. But if we haven't been able to raise our, you know, as, if the team hasn't been able to raise their game for those games because it's not a glamorous tie, then you know why? Why should the fans? I think. Do you think if we beat Arsenal at the weekend, then you know they'll there, be bouncing. There'll be a lot. There's going to be a lot of Wembley well, songs going on then, isn't there? From now until you'd have thought so, but I thought there'd be loads of Duncan Ferguson songs on Saturday, and there wasn't, was there? There was one small burst towards the end of the game, wasn't it? And I, I was with you. I thought there'd be a lot of uh, a lot of interest in Duncan as well. Um, so, right, I think we've uh, probably talked about this subject. This one's going to go on for a while, I think, uh, in relation to the atmosphere, but. Um, we're going to be back after this with uh, our preview of the game against Arsenal. Oh no, do we have to? <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to do it.
Okay, so it's uh, biggest think... game of the season. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Welcome, welcome once again to our YouTube listeners, and this is our Arsenal preview. And we're both very nervous. Um, you know, I've been thinking about the game all week. Uh, it seems as soon as the full time whistle blew last Saturday, that was straight in my mind. Uh, and what I will say at the moment is. There seems to be a lot of confidence from Everton fans, doesn't it? Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not too sure. It's a, tr- it's a tricky one, isn't it? I think, you know, the, the, our performance wasn't great at the weekend against West Ham. But Arsenal lost against Stoke. Yeah, they did, uh, you know. And again, I don't know whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, a surprising result, really. Arsenal were away at Stoke. Um, and they lost 1-0. Uh I would say that pretty much ended their hopes of winning the league, wouldn't, wouldn't you say? Yeah, especially the way Chelsea beat us the week before. So, you know, they scored that, that, that goal in the 93rd minute. I think that, and just the former Man City, I think, you know, think they're going to be battling it out first and second. So this could be, you know, uh, uh, you know Arsene Wenger's like, real... Hope for silverware for the first time in what, nine years, isn't it? Well, it is because, uh, as we know, they got beaten at the Champions League two 0 by Bayern Munich They're at, not at the end. So they've got to go to the you know the Bayern's ground and score three. I don't think that's going to happen realistically. Um, I mean, there's been there's been you know there's been but yeah there's been shocks and I'm sure they'll have a go, but realistically, I don't think they're going to do that. So you're looking pretty much at the FA Cup being their last hope. So. Whereas in the last round against Liverpool, they, they sort of played, made a few changes. Then they bought uh, S- is it Sonogo? I always get his name wrong. Yeah, Sonogo. Yeah, uh, they Sonogo. brought him up front. Then they brought Jenkinson in at right back for Sanya. You know, made quite a few little changes. Nothing around. Now brought in a few midfielders. They, they dropped yeah, Szczesny, didn't he? I can never say his name. Szczesny. Szczesny, that's the one. Fabianski. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, so, you know... Quite a few changes there. Will they do that against us at the weekend? That's to wait to be seen, really, isn't it? There is talk today that I think they will. Yeah, I, I sort of think they will as well for some because Wenger seems to have this sort of, you know, strange stubbornness about him, doesn't he? Where he just thinks, well, I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. I don't care what the fans want. I me think to he was to. the original. I think he's the original at doing that, playing the kids in the cup. I think uh, Alex Ferguson followed short, uh, shortly after, and then since then. It seems like the trendy thing to do, to play a, a lot of second string, so it does, to speak. but at the moment, Arsenal fans are crying out for him not to do that, aren't they? But he does, he does seem to have a stubborn streak. And I mean, I think there's talk today about Kim Kallstrom, who he signed in January transfer window, may possibly making his debut. What a legend he was. And football manager football again. Manager, you need yeah. to get this thing about mixing up football manager in the real world uh, out your head. Um, so, yeah. So possibly that indicates that maybe we will see Sonogo up front again and Jenkinson at right back and, you know, a couple of other people coming in. I mean, they've still got, you know, they'll still have Flamini in, won't they? You know, he's kind of, like, kind of fringe at the moment. Uh, But they'll they'll still have a lot of quality on there. They'll probably still go with Arteta in the middle. They'll probably still have Cazola, you know, featured at some point. At some point. They're not going to play Arteta and Flamini, do you not think? Do you think they'll, they'll play know. both of them to the Wilshire, do you think? Yeah. Right, OK. Um, I'm expecting Everton to put out a full-strength side. 
anything less. I mean, Joel well, and goal, maybe. Yeah, the, that's that's the that's the debate, isn't it? And I think you know you you approved right last time, and I think I think we'll see Joel and goal. But I think other than again. That, yeah, so do I. But other than that, I think it's going to be you know as strong as it comes, really. And we've already talked in length about whether Barkley will start or not. I don't think he will. Uh, well, actually, no, that's wrong. I said I'd, I personally would pick Maysmith to play in that position uh, at the way he's playing at the moment. However, I, I think there is a chance he might start. It I wouldn't be my choice, but I think there is a chance he might. We've got another game. You know, that, that England game tonight, if Barkley comes on... Oh, we could have a worldie. If he has, if he has half an hour tonight and makes a big impact, that could really sway the decision on, on his fitness at the weekend. So, I'll have that. You know, it's, it is an early kickoff. It's twelve forty-five kickoff. Uh, so, you know, and whether that, you know, those extra couple of hours really matter. Um, you know, we've got to get through those those international uh, internationals without any injuries as well, though, haven't we? Yeah. So as we said, there's a lot of confidence knocking about. Even though we've not won at the Emirates for however many years, you know, it's getting on for a long while now, isn't it? We have had some decent performances there, haven't we? Well, none more so than earlier on this season when we went there and got a got a one-all draw. But not only that, we bossed that game for the for the, for the first half at, at the very least. Absolutely, absolutely outplayed Arsenal through, through most of that game. Um, so that was know, full strength Arsenal as well. It was, yeah. And so it, it, it's such a tough one to call for me. Um, what we have found through the week is though things have started to stack up against us. It all started with our ticket allocation being cut in half. Um, so obviously, you know, tickets have been like have been impossible to get hold of, haven't they, this week? And, and there's going to be five thousand blues going down there who will sing their heart out for the last. Yeah, it would have been nice for it to be nine thousand. Yeah, unfortunately, we're, we're not going to be one of those five thousand. We're not going. I mean, even if I'd have got a ticket, I wouldn't have been able to go because I've got no leave left in work coming up to April. Yeah. Um, so it's one of them. I'd love to have been there. I'm on nights at the weekend, so I'll be getting up to watch the game. Gutted. Um, and then hopefully the the, the 5,000 go down because they was proud. And, and I'm be, sure they will. Be an extra player for us, down. I mean, whenever whenever we, we you know, we've, we've, we, we haven't managed to go or whenever we have managed to go, you know, we've been part of that you know, singing, out, out singing at any of the home fans. And also, uh, whenever we've caught it on the telly, all you can hear is the Everton fans and the Ali Ali Oos and all the Everton songs, can't you? So I'm sure it'll be the same, because when you think about it, it's, they're probably, out of the two sets of fans, the Arsenal fans are probably going to be the more tense, would you say? We've got nothing to lose, because as I say, we got drawn against Arsenal, we got drawn away at Arsenal, we had our ticket allocation cut. And We've now just, found out yeah, this week def- that Mark Clattenberg is the referee. Who, who, you know, if you'd asked anybody who they least wanted to referee this game, it would have been Clattenberg. There's some funny ones, isn't there? As he said, and all you know, people, when when you put that, and some people commented said and said, "Oh yeah," and Kalina's going to be the fourth official or the linesman as well. So, really, basically stitching us up. Yeah. And but there's been a few optimistic shouts saying, yeah, "Good, he owes us one." Well, well, I don't know. Even the kickoff time, though, is not in our favour, is it? You know, getting down to all the way down to London for the twelve forty-five kickoff. Yeah. Uh, you know, doesn't help the the Evertonians, and probably doesn't help our players as well. Who you know probably go down the day before anyway. And so it's 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 a toughie, and it's it's a tough one to predict. And my heart says we might be able to get a draw and get them back to Goodison. I think we're going to get beat. It just strikes me of 
you know, one of these games where we put in a really good Valiant, effort Valiant and we play effort. well, but something goes against us. I've got this horrible feeling someone's going to get sent off. Like maybe a John Stones or, you know, there is talk that Yelke possibly might come back uh, and be fit for the game. But I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether I'm trying to cry the win here. Uh, I'm really Go playing down it, on the But I feel like we're going to get knocked out. It is such a big game, you know, what, 90 minutes away from Wembley again. And, you know, I, I really, uh, whether you want to go into Europe that way or another, you know, you're, what, 180 minutes away from a European place. And uh, the very realistic prop, uh, proposition of some much-needed silverware. And it's it's within touching distance. If, you, if we beat Arsenal at the weekend, some of those teams left in the draw, you've got a fancy, haven't you? You have, and obviously Man City are more than likely still going to be there, but there's no one else really who's, who's not very beatable left well, in it. But City, City are, be- are beatable, aren't they, at the weekend? I know you, you, you won the, the uh, Capital One Cup at the weekend, you know, but Sunderland took the lead and the... It's a great argument that you had the beatable, however, they won the game 3-1. Yeah, but Sunderland, you wouldn't put Sunderland anywhere near our capabilities and... You know, they they took the game to them for the majority. Well, for, for you know, for the best part of an hour, you know, even beyond an hour, and then you know, City just kind of sucker punched them, and then went two one up within the space of two minutes, and then got got a breakaway one at the end. So I know you don't like to predict, so I'm not going to ask for a prediction. But have you got a certain level of confidence we can get through this time? I can never be confident. Whatever it's 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 one of those things. For over the years, it's you know, we we I've been confident before going into games, and we've we've been absolutely we've had our asses handed to us. So it's it's one of those. I'm not I'm not pessimistic about it. I don't want to be miserable about it either. There's, we can do it. There's no reason why we that's, can't that's the go there and we can't win. It is possible. We have got the players to do it, and we are due one. I just got this feeling, and whether that, as you say, it's because I've supported them for a long time, and I know what, what tends to happen. I've just got this feeling that we won't win. Well, you know, a draw wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. You know, we've got a little bit of fixture build-up, but imagine bringing them back to Goodison. Well, we get them back, uh, not not the immediate Wednesday, but the week after, and it'd be a night game at Goodison, and, so, you know, I'd really fancy us then. Yeah, so if you can get them back to Goodison... Uh, I, you know, I, I think that would be, you know, that would be a great result. Yeah. Uh, Goodison under the lights, and then just go out there and put on a show. I mean, that's obviously, you know, be great to get you to get through on on Saturday. But realistically, I think I think that's you know a very achievable result there. It is, uh, and we need this. I mean, I'm tra- I've been trying to think for the last ten minutes as we've been discussing this, uh, who to pick as my man to watch. It's difficult because we won't know what sort of team they'll put out. Uh, and they've also got so many good players, haven't they? So it is difficult. Uh, you know, all the obvious, obvious ones are there, like, you know, the likes of Wilkshire. Uh, you know, Giroud, who's got quite a few goals for them this season. Uh, but I think I'm actually going to go for Santi Guzola. Yeah, well... He's got a lot of quality, hasn't he, you know? He, he, he came off the bench against Liverpool, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. And uh, he did well. So... Yeah, he's a quality player, isn't he? He's just one of those, just busy, always wants the ball, always seems to play the right ball, and, you know, dangerous player. He's a player I'd love to see at Everton. Um, so there you go. Uh, fingers crossed, I think, is going to be the motto for the for Saturday. 
Um, and I just hope all the Blues who are going down there have a safe journey. They all get there on time. Don't have any messing about and they sing their heart off for the lads. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, as we said last week, we'll probably be recording Wednesday again next week. You know, hopefully we have a nice, uh, nice, refreshing... Next week could be the happiest podcast you've it ever done. It could heard. be, and it could be, you know, biggest game of the season, could be the happiest podcast of the season. Correct. So, we'll leave that there. Thanks for joining us on YouTube. Thanks to all our listeners on SoundCloud. If you haven't subscribed to us already on iTunes, go and check us out. Just search Not Bitter, Just Better. Uh, or you can just listen to SoundCloud, SoundCloud every week. We put the link out every week anyway. Uh, so, again, thanks for listening, everyone. Catch you all next week. We're on the match with Poppy's Army. We're all going to Emily.